Welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? It's good to see y'all here this morning. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I look out, I, I see a lot, of, a lot of new faces, it seems like, every week. But uh, my name is Randy. Um, I have the privilege of serving here as a care pastor at Connection Church Dublin, and I truly count it a, a privilege to serve God in that capacity here. Um, so if you don't know me, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, I'll be around this afternoon. I'm usually here every Sunday. I'd love to get a chance to speak with you. Um, so as we get started, if you want to go ahead, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to be in verses 1 through 11, verses 1 through 11. I'll give you a second to get there. All right, so read with me. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. So as we're talking about this week, as that, about that this week, I'll tell you what, let's not skip the most important thing. Y'all pray with me. Father, we just thank you for today. Um, God, I just thank you and praise you for who you are and what you do. God, for Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in him. Father, I just pray that you would just be in and amongst all we do here as a church, God, and throughout this service today, that you would just speak to your people. Father, the, the, we know that your word has power, God, and as it's preached, I just pray that you would just speak to your people today, God, that it would just be all about you, Father, that I would say nothing that wouldn't be about you, God, and we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so as we're talking about this, as we read this story, we're talking about temptation and, and trial we see, and I don't know where, where you guys are today or where, where you're at in your faith, but I just want you to always remember as we look at this story that God is looking out for your good. The Bible says that he, that God is working all things out for the good of those who are called according to his purposes, right? So I don't care where you're at, when you're in the middle of your circumstances, when you're in the middle of your trial, I'm telling you, he's looking out for your good, but here's the thing. He's not looking out for your good necessarily in the middle of your circumstance. God is seeing your eternity, and that's the good he's looking out for. So as we're in the middle of our trial, as we're in the middle of our trouble, remember, sometimes we have to take our eyes off of our circumstances and put them where they should be, and that's on Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in this world, right? On who he is and what he did for us on the cross. I think about it like this. I, 
as parents, sometimes, you know, we, we do things that our kids just can't see, right? They're upset. They don't know why you just told them they had to do that thing because all they're seeing is the trouble and the fear that they have right in front of them. They're not seeing the good that they're going to get from it in the end that we see sometimes, right? So we went to the mountains this past week, and uh, we had a really good time. We went to Blue Ridge, and it, uh, it's a beautiful place. First time I've ever ever been up that way. We stayed in this cabin, and man, it was great. The only problem was we had the, the room we stayed in. It was a small little room, and there was bunk beds in there, right? So there's, there's a bed that goes this way, little small full-size bed, and there's a bed on top of it, right? The bunk bed on top. And uh, so we go to sleep. We said, man, it's going to work out great. We're going to put the kids on the bunk bed. Me and Shay are going to sleep down here. It's going to be perfect, right? So first night, Owen goes to sleep. He's knocked out cold. He's our youngest. So we take him. We put him up on the bunk bed. Then we say, okay, now it's time to go to bed. So we go lay down on the bed. We tell Waylon he's got to get up in the bunk bed. And for some reason, he just has this fear all of a sudden about sleeping on the top of this bunk bed. And he's like, no, I got to get down there and sleep with y'all. I have to. He's scared. He's anxious. And, you know, we're seeing the good. You know, what kid shouldn't have the experience of sleeping on top of a bunk bed, right? When you grow up, you have to have it. Plus, I mean, well, let's be honest. It would have been really uncomfortable for me and my wife if he'd have slept down there with us. You know, kid, they start out like this. They end up like this. You get elbowed knee a couple times. doesn't work out for anybody, right? So maybe it was a little for both of us. So it's so hard. He was, he was afraid. He was scared. We forced him to stay up there. We were those good parents. We said, man, you got to have that experience, right? He finally goes to sleep. Man, it had to have been an hour. But he finally goes to sleep. We go to sleep. He wakes up that next morning, and where we're sleeping, there's like a little mirror on the wall over here. And, and uh, so from the top, he can see down to us. And he looks up, and he looks in the mirror. He can see Shay, and he says, you know, I really slept pretty good last night. <laughs> so... Just know, sometimes, man, God, right in the middle, we have to take our eyes off our circumstances, and we have to look at the truth of who God is, right? So let's get started right here. Let's look at verse 1. Let's look at verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Okay, stop. We didn't get far. Here we go. So stick with me right here. So it says, then. So in order for then something to happen, something happened to happen before then, right? So let's go back. I think it's important in this, in this text to go back and see what happens right before this. So Matthew chapter 3, starting in 16, it says this. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love, with whom I, was, I am well pleased. So we see this amazing baptism of Jesus, right? We see, for one of the few times in Scripture, we see all three parts of the Trinity in one place. All three in one place. This is a big deal. Big deal at Jesus' baptism, right? So Jesus gets up out of the water. We have this amazing event take place. He gets up out of the water, and what happens? He goes straight into the wilderness, right? Jesus literally gets out of the water and led into the wilderness to be tempted and tested. So you say, what? God led him? Don't, don't miss when we read this. I know it can, it can get us some time, but don't miss when we read this. When it says spirit, that's a capital S. That's not talking about Satan. Satan didn't lure Jesus into the wilderness. God, the spirit of God, led him straight into the wilderness. He was right 
where God had him in that moment. So we're talking about this. I think it's important. Let's go ahead and get it out of the way real quick. Jesus took it seriously, so we have to, right? The devil's real, and temptation will come. Two things we have to face head on, know, and see as reality. The devil's real, and temptation will come. We see when we get toward the end of this passage, we'll talk about it a little more in a minute, but the last temptation, he takes Jesus to the to this high place, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world, and he says, if you, if you will just bow down and worship me, I will give you all of this. I'll give it to you. Jesus didn't talk back and forth and dispute whether the devil was real and whether he really had the power to do that. He knew he was real. So temptation will come. Stick with me. I know a lot of you, first time you've seen me, Who's this guy coming in here? The first thing he talks about is the devil, right? He talks about I will be tempted. Stick with me through this. I promise Buck will be back next week. Give me just a little bit longer. So let's look at why he was led into the wilderness. God led Jesus into the wilderness not to test his son. He had already given him his divine approval, right? He led him into the wilderness to show his superiority over the devil. That's why. I'm telling you, I I don't know what you may be dealing with right now. I don't know what things you're struggling with, but I want you to know you have hope, right? This story is a story of hope, not in your circumstance, but in the person and work of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did, there is always hope. If we can get our eyes off of our circumstances and look at the truth of God's word, we'll find it will find the hope that all of us are searching for, I promise you. It's right here. It's right here. Wearsby said it like this. He said, Jesus was not tempted so that the Father could learn anything about his Son. The Father had already given Jesus his divine approval. Jesus was tempted so that every creature in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might know that Jesus Christ is the conqueror. He exposed Satan and his tactics, and he defeated Satan because of his victory we can have victory over the tempter. You gotta love them two sentences. If, if you know Jesus, you gotta love those two sentences. This is, this is what we have. Jesus was tempted so that every creature in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might know that Jesus Christ is the conqueror. He's already won. So if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the book of Hebrews tells us that we have a high priest in Jesus, who's able to empathize with us in the middle of our weakness. He's been tempted in every way so that he can empathize with you and me right in the middle of our mess where we are. He knows where you are and he's with you. If we know him as Lord and Savior, we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. We can receive mercy that we need to help us in our time of need, right? Sometimes we, we get in this place, and, and man, as, as I was preparing for this, you can, we, we could preach a, a month just on this one text, but as I was going through it and really studying it, man, it, it's funny how God works. He speaks to you right when you need him in the right time. As I'm preparing to preach this message, it's preaching to me, right? I went through a few weeks where um, maybe you guys can relate with me, but I'm telling you, it was like, uh, it was just hard. I don't really know what other word to say. It was, it was just hard. 
right? Sometimes it's, you get up that morning and you're just like, man, it's hard to get up. It's hard to go to work. You go to work, you don't want to do any of the things you have to do at work. It's almost like you, you get up and, and the world is just moving and life's going on around you and you're just not a part of it. You ever feel that way sometimes? So I went through this season where, man, it was just hard. I had several weeks, like hard to read, it's hard to, you just feel like you, you start getting this, this lie from the enemy that says, man, you're, God is so far away from you right now. He's not speaking to you. You're not seeing all of these amazing things in every, every verse that you read in his word. And I'm here to tell you, if you hear nothing else in this sermon, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that is a lie, and you have hope in Jesus right in the middle of your circumstance, right in the middle of it. I don't care where you're at, there's hope in him. There's hope in who he is. So I ask this church, when we're struggling, are we looking at our circumstance or are we looking at the truth of who God says we are and who Jesus Christ is? What are we looking at? I pray that when we are in difficult seasons, we don't look at the circumstances. I pray that we run and we pick the Bible up and we look at it and we see truth and we lean into it. That's who we're called to be. So next thing let's look at, let's jump to, to verse 2. We'll look at verses 2 through 7 right here and take a couple things from Jesus on how we fight spiritual battles. So starting in verse 2, it says, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So the first thing I want to mention here is Jesus was fasting 40 days and 40 nights in a desolate wilderness, right? Buck mentioned earlier as a church, we're, we're going to fast. So when we look at fasting, we look at giving up physical cravings for a greater spiritual need, right? Giving up physical cravings for a greater spiritual need. That means we are literally putting our faith in the word of God that Jesus points out to us right here in verse 4. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. So how do we fight spiritual battles? I want to look at two things, two things here. Number one, we fight spiritual battles from a posture of humility and submission before a good and holy God, period. So we see in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it refers to Jesus as the last Adam, right? So let's look at that. Look at Genesis 3. When Eve's tempted, her and Adam almost literally have everything, right? They're in the garden. They're in a lush paradise with no need, no want. They have it. Relationship with God in a perfect paradise in the garden, right? 
Now look at this story. Jesus himself was fasting. He was in a desolate, desolate wilderness. He was hungry and starving. Where'd victory come? Victory came through denial of self, denial of self, and complete dependence on God. Complete dependence on God. Think about it. I think about it like this. When I was going through this, I, I, it just hit home. I'm like, man, I know for me in my life, when, when I feel like my week's going great, I go to work. I have no new cases at work. It's like, man, this is great. Jamie knows what I'm talking about. Um, no new cases come in. I get off work. I go home, walk in the door. I tell the kids to do something. They do it the first time. I'm telling you, the first time I say do something, they go run and do it. Didn't have to tell them twice, didn't have to take the belt off, nothing. <laughs> Supper's on the table. Life is just good. I read the Bible every day. God, I feel like he's just speaking straight to me through his word. Man, I'm like, I am crushing it. Crushing this week, right? Everything's good. Right here is where it gets dangerous for me, right there in that moment. I've said it to our small group before, some of the weeks where, where I preach, where, where I feel like I'm just leaning so hard into the word of God and things are going so good, man, that next week, that's right where things can get dangerous. That's right, that is the very moment where we start depending on ourselves more than we depend on God. When things are going great, Life's rolling right along the way I want it to roll. What happens? I start looking more and more at me and less and less at God. It's true. I know it's true. I do it. Don't confuse what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with having a good week, nothing wrong with striving to do our best. We should, right? I just want us all to remember when we look at our life, when we talk about success, when we talk about how good things are going, we remember what that really is. We remember what success is really about. It's about Jesus. It's about his mission. We see right here in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve lose the battle from a place of plenty. They needed nothing. And we see Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights fasting in the wilderness in a posture of complete submission to God. Complete submission, complete reliance on the will of God to win the battle. And he wins the battle over sin that they couldn't because it wasn't about him. He denied himself. He said, I will seek the will of God first. I love you, and if I didn't, I wouldn't tell you, but I'm here to remind you it's not about you. Remind myself it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about who he is, what he did for you, and it's about the gospel going forward, period. That's what it's about. Second thing I want you to see right here is how Jesus responded to the devil's temptation. We see three temptations, and all three times we see Jesus go to Scripture to battle the devil. All three times. And it's really interesting when, when I first noticed this, and uh, I said, man, all three times Jesus goes to Deuteronomy. 
So then I'm thinking, I need to go back and look at Deuteronomy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've read some, I've read it, but I, I mean, I don't remember a lot of it. And Jesus used it all three times. How well do you know it? You know what I'm saying? It must be important. But he used the word to battle the devil. So we have Jesus Christ in this story, the living word. Remember, John 1.1 tells us, it tells us in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, talking about Jesus, right? The word was God. So if Jesus Christ, the literal living word of God in the flesh, had to use the written word to deal with the enemy of the word, how much more, church, do we need to know and rely on this? How much more? I'm thinking a lot. A lot more. The Bible, if it holds God's truth, if we believe what we say we believe, and this is the only weapon we have to defeat the enemy, don't you think we had better know it? We had better be learning it. This preached to me just as much as I hope it does to you. We had better be learning and knowing this. So I think about it like this. We, I told y'all we just got back from the mountains and my, my kids love camping. So this is just what came to me. So just, just listen. So we're, we're going camping. Say you're going camping. We go out, we set our tent up, we get all our stuff squared away. We say, man, we got to build a fire, right? We got to cook on the fire. We got to be men's men. So we go out, we're going to pick up some sticks and some limbs. We're going to get this fire going. I go out, start picking up some sticks. I look up, grizzly bear, boom, we're in the mountains, right? Maybe Bigfoot. Have y'all ever been to the Bigfoot expedition place in Blue Ridge? Um, it's pretty neat. Anyways, I, I digress. Not, not Bigfoot, grizzly bear, right? So we look up, we're picking up sticks, we look up, boom. Grizzly bear right in front of us. This thing is growling. He's ready to eat you, right? Ten foot away, he's ready to eat you. You got three things. You got three things with you. We always, well, I say always. It's back there. I don't have it. but So we always have what? Cell phone. You got your cell phone there. He's ten foot away. You only have time to do one thing. One thing. He's ten foot away from you. You got your cell phone you got your sticks that you're picking up, and wouldn't you know it, it's that day we got our loaded 44 Magnum right there, right? We're carrying it. We're ready for the bear. What happens? What do you do? What do you grab to save your life from the bear? What happens? Of course, right? 44 Magnum. I'm not slow, you know? I mean, I'm from the east side. I went to East Lawrence, but I, I mean, I'm not that slow. So I go for my 44, right? Some of you are like, I don't know, man. It seems like an easy call to make. But we don't think about it, I'm telling you. When, when we're living our real life, when we hit that time of trial and trouble, when we hit our temptation, it seems like such an easy call to make in that scenario, don't it? But I'm telling you, in the middle of our temptation, what happens? We so easily look to so many things that will never give us victory over it. Never. We look to all these things that will not give you victory over your struggle. What do we do, man? We dive into 
busyness on Facebook and YouTube and, and all this stuff, and we think, man, if I can just keep my mind busy, it'll be good. I can get over it. If I don't think about it a whole lot and I stay really busy, I'm good. I can get over this thing. Listen, man, this, this hit me like a ton of bricks the other day, and he's here. I'm not going to call him out, but so I get a, I know we're talking about social media, but this was, this was a few weeks ago. So I get a, I get a, a message on Facebook, a, a friend request, right? So I click on this friend request. You know, when you click on it, it takes you to their page. So it takes me to the page, and I'm like, man, I've talked to this guy a couple times, but I, I don't really know him that well. Let me scroll through here and see what he's about. So I scroll down. There's a bunch of sermons on there and um, some pastors that I've never really heard before, so I click on one of them. I'm like, man, let's see what this guy's talking about. The first thing he said was, do we spend more time scrolling social media than we do reading our Bibles? As I'm watching it on Facebook, right? <laughs> do we spend more time scrolling social media than we do reading our Bibles? Think about it. I know I had to. Man, it hit me like a ton of bricks right in the time that I needed it to hit me. Right in the time where I feel like I'm just, life is just hard. Man, I don't know why I'm struggling. I don't know why it's so hard to read. I don't know why it's so hard to, to dive in. But am I spending more time on social media than I am reading God's word? I deleted Facebook. Man, I hadn't had it since. It just hit me. Some of us, man, this is what gets me. This is, this is what gets me. We say, man, I got sticks right here. It's already in my hand. I'm a real man. I'm going to grab this stick and I'm going to kill this bear. I got him. He ain't even that big, you know, like he ain't full grown yet. I got him. We get up that next morning. We say, man, I'm going I'm gonna to wake up. I'm going to get my life together today. I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. tomorrow. I'm getting organized I'm going to do better. I'm going to be so much better. I'm going to be a new person tomorrow. I can do it, right? I got the power. I can live my best life right now. I can defeat this bear all by myself. I got it. No, you don't. I'll break it to you. You don't. You don't have it. The power's not in you and yourself. You can't do it. And we think this is silly. We think this is a, a crazy example. Of course, we go straight for the 44. But man, when we're in the middle of our circumstances, what do we do? I know we can run to all these things. We can run to all these things when, when we have a loaded 44 Magnum, hopefully is sitting right there within arm's reach to defeat the enemy. Right here. I'm telling you, I know it's true because I've lived it. The only hope, the only way to victory we have is through Jesus Christ, and this book is the very book that tells us about him, the very one. Church, as I started off with, the devil's real and temptation will come. It will. What are we going to go to? Because whether you see it or not, there are spiritual battles going on that you just cannot defeat. You can't. 
The devil is out there like a bear trying to devour you and turn you into the very thing that God says you're not. Turn you into the exact opposite of who God's called you to be. Church, I'm I'm just going to say it. If we're not spending time reading the Word of God, we better start. We had better start. I'll make a challenge for all of us as we begin this fasting next week or um, whatever date book said it was, the 10th. So as we begin this fasting, I want to say it's a new year. I'm going to challenge you. Make reading God's Word a daily discipline this year. And I promise you, I have seen it in my life. When you make this a daily discipline, when this is the most important thing, it's just better. Your circumstance may not be better, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you'll have a hope in here that you can't explain. The last thing I want to show you um, is that Jesus chose the cross. If you want to see love, if you want to see hope, here it is. The most significant moment. Let's read it. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He said, I'll give you all these things. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. I've heard it said before, people will say, man, Jesus wasn't really tempted. I mean, he's God, right? Was he really tempted? Yes. They say he wasn't really tempted. That's so far from the truth. He was tempted more than me and you ever will be. That's why he can relate to you. Think about it. That's why in your time of need, Jesus is literally interceding for you. He is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you in your time of need. So the devil shows him all the kingdoms of the world. I've heard some, some commentators say that you can almost think like he, he takes him up here and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and he, he's showing him all the kingdoms past, present, and future. All of it. This is what he's seeing. Think about that. All of it. And when he says, I'll give it to you, Think about this, no suffering, no pain, no cross, all of these things that, you can, that you're going to have through the will of God, through your death on the cross, I'll give it to you if you bow down and worship me. No pain, no death, no suffering. Jesus chose not to take the easy path for you, for us. Think about that. If that's not a temptation, I don't know what is. John 10, 17 says this. It says, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. He had the power to take the easy way out. And we would have all been lost. This hope that we preach, we wouldn't have had it. Life may have been easy, but eternity would not have been. 
We have to get out of our circumstances and we have to look at eternity. We have to look at what Jesus Christ has done for us. If that's not love, I don't know what is. There's no greater love. He chose to resist temptation. He chose to follow the will of God straight to his death on a cross because he knew you and me would be eternally damned without it. Period. Tell me that's not hope. Um, sorry, he told me, and I told him I was going to forget, but as the, the worship team can go ahead and come back up. Um, so Jesus Christ chose you. Think about it. I don't know where you are right now, but hear the truth. Hear this truth and know that if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have hope. I don't care what circumstance you're in or what's going on in your life right now. You have hope in Jesus Christ for eternity. Hear that and know that. That's the truth. If you don't know Jesus as Lord, hear this. He chose you, his suffering, his sacrifice, and his blood paid the penalty for your sins. Some of us, man, we're, we're messed up. I'm telling you, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. Jesus paid it all for you. I mean, I'm going to be real with you guys, man. Wherever you think you've come from, Several years ago, I'm telling you, I sat in some of these very seats that you guys are sitting in, half hung over from Saturday night with no hope and nothing but my circumstances that were right in front of me. How good my week was going, if I felt like my wife loved me a lot that week. No hope at all, except for in my circumstances. And I'm here to tell you the. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, God saved me. And that's why I know it's for you. He says, if you would just repent of your sins, declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts in that statement. So I'm here to tell you, if you don't know Jesus, there's hope in him. If you would come to know him. If we would just repent and humbly come before Jesus at the foot of the cross. He died to save you. Pray with me, church. Father, I just thank you for today. God, thank you so much for who you are, God, and what you do. Father, thank you for Jesus, God, for his death on the cross. God, we can have eternal hope in you. God, I just pray that you would just be with us as we leave this building, God, that, that you would just fill us with your spirit, God, that we would be able to live the lives, God, and declare who you've called us to be, God. Whatever that looks like in each of our lives, Father, that I just pray that we would just be all about you, God. We would be a people that have no greater 
thing than to seek your face, God, that you would be the most important thing in our lives. Father, I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.